and uh, they uh, they brought me brought me and my sister, and we also have a brother up very strictly. And uh, I came to know the, the Lord at the young age of four. I was actually I'm not sure if this is appropriate. I was sitting on the toilet, and uh, I called out to mom, and uh, for whatever reason, I chose that time to ask her about God, and. Uh, she was so excited she wouldn't let me get off the toilet. So we, uh, she led me through um, uh, the story, you know, of salvation, and I, I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior right there on the toilet. And then, uh, I, obviously, that was a young age. So as I grew older, I, I grew to um, make uh, the faith that that I was made aware of my own and, and grow in my own relationship with the Lord, and and not in what you would call my parents' relationship. So. I was baptized at the uh, age of eight, and uh, I've been trying to make improvements where the Lord shows me they're needed um, ever since. And are you part of a church community now? And uh, that's correct. Uh, I attend Traders Point uh, Christian Church. Excuse me, on the north side of uh, Indianapolis when I'm not on shift at the firehouse. So you ju- I was just going to ask you what you do for a living. How did you? You're a firefighter full time, in addition to training for the fights you have. You, said, you told me yesterday you have about four fights a year, three yes. or four fights a year. And uh, so tell us a little bit about how you got into firefighting. And yeah, actually, um, I, w- I went, like you mentioned earlier, I went to a Christian college, a lot like this one. Uh, I got my degree in ministry. And uh, my first uh, job out of college was with a uh, inner city community outreach center. The um, thing about those uh, ministries is they're oftentimes uh, difficult to fund. And uh, unfortunately, they were unable to keep their uh, financial commitments to the employees. And so I had to look for another job. And uh Fortunately, because I was going to church, one of the chiefs of the fire department attended the church I was going to, and uh, he he said he appreciated the character that I displayed, and um, I guess he highly recommended me, and out of 4,000 applicants, I was one of 40 to get hired um, that year, which was in 2006. So. Um, and I just want to share with you, uh, so we're going to pray for you at the end of this, but uh I actually read about it. Yahoo Sports picked up the story. I was reading it last night. I don't know if you noticed, but Shamar was injured uh, fighting a fire on Monday. Is that right? Monday or Tuesday? It was Monday, yeah. It was Monday, and um, uh, he has sustained some second-degree burns on his uh, chest uh, right right around here. uh, He showed us last night. It's pretty severe, so we're glad that it's not worse uh, than it is, but he's been in some pain, so uh, we want to keep him in prayer. And uh, Do you want to just briefly tell us uh, what happened and... Oh, yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, obviously, when the media gets a hold of something, they kind of blow it up a little bit worse than what it really was, you know. Um, fortunately, you know, the Lord is looking out for me and, and my crew, and we were just doing our job, cutting a hole in the in the roof, and uh, it was about to flash at that time. I cut the hole, and it, it kind of exploded. You know, it needs a, fire needs a release point, exploded in our face, and uh, fortunately, my face and everything else was covered, but I had a little open uh, exposure point on my chest and wrist, and that's where I've got some burns, so I'll take it on the chest and wrist versus my face or some other place. So. Uh, I was, you know, I like to make chapel interactive, so I was planning with Shamar when I get to some uh, challenging questions, I was going to ask him to act like he gets angry and take me out, and then I make him submit by dominating him and pinning him to the ground. That was, uh, that was the whole plan. I was actually looking forward to that portion of the chapel, uh, but uh, due to his injuries, I, I won't, I won't, uh, I won't be doing that. Appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> Now, Shamar, are you intimidated by me because I did 60 Days of Insanity uh, with Sean T? Are you intimidated to be on the same stage with me by any chance? I've heard some, uh, some stories about that <laughs> insanity, man. It's intense, so right. I don't know. I can see the fear in your eyes. Um, 
what, uh, so define for uh, several raised their hands that they're familiar with Ultimate Fighting. They saw you on the reality TV show. Can you, for those of you who, for those that don't know what Ultimate Fighting is, uh, please tell, t- how would you define it? Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, yeah the, uh, the sport is actually referred to as mixed martial arts, which is uh, we train in different disciplines. Uh, you know, there's Taekwondo, karate, uh, kickboxing, then there's wrestling, and then there's the art of fighting on the ground, which is jiu-jitsu. Um, and the ultimate fighting championship is the highest level. It's like the NFL or NBA of our sport. And so because of that, and it's highly marketed, people refer to our sport as ultimate fighting, when in reality that is the the major leagues of the sport. Um, and so, for lack of a better term, uh, we, it's known as ultimate fighting, but it's actually mixed martial arts. And uh, so... The Ultimate Fighter, the show you were on, season 13, it's kind of, this is my definition, it's kind of like the American Idol of Ultimate Fighters. Would that be accurate or somewhat accurate? Uh, there are some drama queens on that show. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. And uh, how did you get on the show? Tell us about, how, what's, how do you audition for that? Um, basically, there's an application process where you go, uh, they almost always have trials in Vegas, um, and I, I went out to these trials. I was one of, I think, 500 um, uh, applicants, I guess, if you will. And they take you to a tryout process where the first step is they want to see if you can wrestle. Unfortunately, I wrestled in college, so I had that covered. Um, then if you, they cut you in half. Everything, every step is they, they cut the numbers in half. Then they uh, want to see your stand-up skills, your kickboxing or boxing skills. So I passed that somehow. I don't know. And then they cut that in half. And then you do an interview with uh, the, the produced production crew of, at the time, Spike TV. And they drill you, and, and uh, they try to make you feel stupid, and they want to see how you, how you react under pressure, so to speak. And then they make their final decision based off of that application process. So tell us about reality TV a little bit. Um, it's very popular, obviously. Is reality TV real? Uh, most shows are, are staged. Ours, I guess, if you, if you would, be as real as it gets. As, I think that's a phrase they coin on, on our show, actually, um, because... Half of the reality show is us fighting to get a, a six-figure contract. So you can't stage the fights. And, um, you know, you got a bunch of meatheads in there. Um, they took our phones. They took our music. They took all our reading materials. So at some point in time, get a bunch of meatheads together. There's going to be some drama. And uh, the cameramen are there 24-7 to catch it. So not so you're living with the guys in the house. And, and then, but those are actually the guys you're training to fight to stay on the show. Right, they they split us up in teams. Um, we each team trains together, but at some point in time, as the elimination process takes place, you're going to end up fighting one, uh, one of your teammates as well. So it's an interesting dynamic from that point. Okay, I did see uh, one clip where you were, and well, tell us how did you do on the show? I made it to the round before uh, the final round, I guess. So I guess semi-final round, and uh, so I did not win the six-figure contract, but. Most people believe that the judges um, were in error in the, in the decision of giving it to the other guy, so they invited me back to fight in Vegas at the end of the show. Okay. Very good. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. It's wonderful. Um, I remember at one point, one clip I saw of the show, and we'll move into some more challenging questions now. At one point, I heard you say, I'm going to choke out his voice box. <laughs> Was that yes or no? Did you say such a term? <laughs> uh, something like that. I'm not sure that's medically <laughs> correct, but something like that. Yeah. 
so, so let me, where to begin? Um, so ultimate fighting is growing in popularity. And recently, uh, within the last year or two, uh, a friend of ours I know had a men's ministry at his church, very large church, and he has men over for ultimate fight night to watch, to watch the ultimate fight. And I've heard since then that more and more men's ministries are you know, trying to connect with their friends that, that don't necessarily come to church, but maybe they'll come over for a men's ministry watching ultimate fighting. So it's growing, growing in that respect. Uh, at the same time, for those of you who haven't seen ultimate fighting, it is uh, very violent and... Um, and um, it's very violent and uh, pretty, pretty brutal. Uh, those would be my words. You can certainly describe it any way you want to. It's fine. But um, so I guess my question is, some would say that ultimate fighting is not Christian because it is so violent. Um, how, how would you, and I'm sure you haven't heard that before. I mean, I, I'm sure you've heard some conversation around it. Oh, yeah, definitely. So tell, tell us, how, how, would you, how would you respond to that? I mean, that's a tough one, you know, and, and uh, each and every one of us in here um, hopefully has their own relationship with the Lord, and, and you have to live out your, your relationship with Him and your convictions. And um, So I respect those that, that feel that way. I, I don't hold anything against those individuals, but you have to understand that uh, with that goes um, the responsibility for each and every one of us in here to identify the talents that God's given us um, to use for His kingdom, to point people to Christ. And... Uh, you know, whether you like it or not, um, if I was to go into the cage every time and, and my only motivation was the girls or to get my hand raised, you know, to be on TV and it's all about me, then, yeah, there's something wrong with that. But um, when I'm using it uh, to develop the talents because I know that there are talents that God's given me to point people to Christ and to take opportunities like this one, take opportunities to speak in, in high schools and middle schools and uh, in churches, um, at that point, I'm using the talent that God's given me for His for His glory and His kingdom, and I don't think anyone can come up with a good argument against that. I certainly won't. That's fine. That's fine. Are, are there been other? You mentioned so you do other speaking engagements, speak to youth, and other other things. What what other doors has it opened for you as far as maybe ministry is concerned, or service, or public service? Uh, you know, mostly, um, you know, high schools, middle schools, um, some conferences, some Christian conferences. And, um, you know, as I'm also starting a not-for-profit at, back home, and so it's allowing me, because I was on the show and people know me, they know I'm not some guy just trying to get money to use for myself. You know, I, I have a, somewhat of a reputation, and um, so they're more willing to be, be helpful with that ministry and outreach as well. I know um, now that Edie knows you, we had you over for dinner last night, my son has been looking forward for weeks to meeting you, and, uh, and we showed him um, some pictures of you, and... Uh, this morning, I was showing him one of your fights on YouTube, and uh, then got yelled at by my wife, uh, pretty, pretty harshly, saying he's too young <laughs> to see that. And uh, I know she—I can't show it to her now that you're a friend of hers. I know, literally, I'm not exaggerating. She will cry if she watches that because it's just so painful. Is there anyone, whether your sister or your mom or others in your family, that they just—they uh, just can't watch it, watch you fight, or are they all over that? Uh, I think they're all over that now, fortunately, because. They know for the most part I'm going to win, but there's no, no, no. Let me backtrack there. But uh, no, honestly, um, I, I think just anybody when they're new to the sport, they, yeah, it's, it's, it is brutal. It's, it's pretty, pretty rough. But when you start to actually see us in training and, 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 and get used to it, you, I guess for lack of a better term, it's like watching football. Yeah, when you first see somebody get cracked, it's like, oh my goodness. But then uh, over time, you're used to the sport, and that's just part of it. So. And by getting cracked, 
kicked in the head and <laughs> you know, occasionally, you know, punched in the face occasionally. You know, mm-hmm. at some point in time, that is the nature of the business. It's going to happen, um, but that's not the end of the world if it does happen. So. What type of injuries have you sustained from being in the cage? Honestly, um, maybe a concussion here or there, but other than that, I mean, I haven't had broken any bones, knock on wood. Um, I've had a few stitches, um, not really not even any sprains. So uh, it's relatively a safe sport. It really, it really is really is with all the blood in the ring we can tell that's uh <laughs> right right <laughs> have you ever been you i think i heard you've never been knocked out uh no sir knock on wood so how so i heard Edie asking you how do you win i guess knock out or how do, how else is uh knock out submission the ref will jump in and stop it if he thinks you know somebody's not responding to uh, uh some kind of attack okay uh, quickly enough or by decision um and have you ever knocked someone out Yes, surprising. I am a I'm a wrestler, so I don't knock people out too much. But my last fight actually by knockout. So, yeah. so as a wrestler, your 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 strength is in wrestling. So you're going more for the submission and right or take okay. him to the ground and make him quit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, when when you're in the cage, obviously you're a wonderful man of God. Heard your story, heard your testimony. I think everyone can tell that you're a very genuine uh, man of God. And um, uh, but when you're actually in the cage, I remember when I was a kid growing up, I used to watch Mike. Tyson fight, you know, he was popular, and he, would, he was quoted several times that he lets his hatred and his anger out in the ring against his opponent. Mm. Do you hate your opponent when you're in the ring, or what, what's your mindset in, the, in those moments? No, I mean, honestly, being in a rough sport, you attract uh, a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds, and uh, I think that's what a lot of people have a tough time dealing with, is that for some people, a lot of people, fighting is their only escape from whatever life that they had, whether it was a home life or lack thereof or um, just a tough upbringing. For me, you know, God blessed me with, like we talked about, two wonderful parents, uh, great family, great upbringing, and, uh, you know, great education, and this is just a talent he's given me. For me, it's, a, it's my sport, you know, and uh, it's my outreach. So how am I going to get motivated by anger, anger if I truly believe that this is something that God's blessed me with talent with? No, I go in there and obviously... At some point, I have to. Uh, I can't be giving out hugs, you know, when the, when the door closes. But um, I just know I have a game plan, and I gotta go out there and execute it, or I will be on the on the floor unconscious. So. Um, I asked a little bit about how your family are with the fights. Um, Shamar is not married, um, but he is dating someone. Sorry, ladies. Um, how does she uh, handle it? Uh, kind of the same way my mom and sister did at first. I can't believe this, but. Um, she wouldn't watch it at first, but now, again, she's gotten used to it, and she realizes the um, the importance of the uh, the outreach aspect, and so she's very supportive. And she also keeps me in check in case I do get a little too uh, confident. So, you know, it's, it's important. It's important to have somebody that truly has your best interests at heart to keep you in check and in line with the things that God wants you to be doing. One of my hopes for chapel, especially this semester, were to bring in different people and hear their journeys and their stories. And um, um, so I appreciate you for sharing uh, some of that and, um, and that you're a committed follower of Christ. What would you say to those, maybe some in this chapel this morning, um, maybe to some of the men here this morning, what would you say to those that have not yet uh, committed their life to follow Christ? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, think of the best way to say this. Uh, being in the in the professions that I'm in, uh, mixed martial arts and fire department, uh, we got I'm around extreme alpha males 24/7, and with that we're 
taught to be self-reliant and uh, to not ask anybody for help and to show no signs of weakness, you know. And um, my thing is, and I'm going to make an analogy, go out on a limb here. Why would you drive a Mercedes, BMW, Ferrari, whatever your most favorite vehicle is, on empty? At some point in time, no matter how well made those vehicles are, you're going to need to fuel up, okay? You cannot be self-reliant driving those vehicles without going to the one that made them and without going to the one that made you to get empowered. And God has made us all for a purpose. Each and every one of us in here it may not be ultimate fighting. It may not be putting out fires. You don't know, or maybe you do know, but God's made each and every one of us in here for a purpose. And at some point in time, whether it's now or 20 years from now, hopefully a light's going to click and you're going to go to the one that made you to ask him to give you the strength and the power to accomplish the purpose that you were put on this earth for. So I would, I would say that once you get to that point, you know, and some of you already have, thankfully, then you're going to realize your full potential and, and you'll be great. You know, don't be average, be great. But you can't be great unless you go to the one that made you for, to accomplish your purpose on this earth. That's what I would say. Just, uh, just uh, one, one final question. They want to pray for you, and certainly that, that for healing, and uh, that you're, you're it, I know he's kind of downplaying a little bit. It, it, it was a very severe burn, and uh, I know it was uncomfortable flying here and getting here, and even sitting with shirts on. It, it's, it's difficult. Um, uh, and if you had your shirt off, we'd be terrified. So I appreciate you for, for having that. Lose, lose. <laughs> right. Um, what have you learned about winning and losing? Uh, winning and losing, that's, that's tough. Um, you know, um, at some point, you're going you're gonna to meet some very big challenges in life. You know, right now you guys might, may or may not be in cruise control. I, I've been able to operate most of my life in cruise control. What I mean that is all I had to do was show up to class and get halfway decent grades. All I had to do was show up to practice, show up to my games, show up to my fights, and get my hand raised. Some point in time, you guys are going to meet a challenge that's going to kick you in the butt, and you're going to have to step up your game. And for me, one thing that God has taught me in, in my career right now, I've fought guys ranked as high as second in the, in the world, is that you can't just show up. There's a difference between showing up to work and actually clocking in with the tools that God's given you. And if you do lose, if you are falling short of your goals, if you're all falling short of perfection, so to speak, at some point in time, you have to take ownership and admit to your part and why it is that you're falling short. And once you admit to that and take ownership of that, that act of humility, we have to be humble, will allow you to make that next step further to be successful the next time that you uh, face the same challenge. And that's something I've learned in fighting. That's something I've learned in firefighting, something I've learned in relationships. So it applies to everything across the board that you guys may be dealing with today and the rest of the semester. So whatever it is that you guys are dealing with, and you guys, I'm sure, are dealing with a lot as college students, take ownership of whatever it is that's causing you to fall short of your challenges and use that, of course, with God's strength and, and help to make that next step uh, to be successful. Well, we wanna, I want to pray for Shamar, but can you thank him for being here this morning and sharing with us? And can and can we uh, can we also thank him for not cracking the chaplain? Thank you. Appreciate that.
<laughs> Great. Five of you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, let me say a word of prayer for you, Shamar. Heavenly Father, thank you for Shamar and his life. Thank you for protecting him just the other day as he was seeking to serve his community. By putting out a fire, thank you for your hand of protection upon him. I pray your healing touch upon his body. And uh, I, I pray for him and uh, his ministry and his outreach. And um, I just pray for whatever you've called him to, Lord, that you give him the strength and energy and discipline to be all that you've called him to do and to be. Thank you for the man of God that he is. Thank you for his testimony this morning. pray your blessing and anointing upon his life. In Christ's name, amen. Shamar is often with our chapel speakers. I just want to make this announcement. I ask our chapel speakers if they can to stay around, so Shamar will be around all day today. He'll be in the cafeteria, so feel free to come up and chat with him or eat lunch or dinner with him. He'd love to meet you. You are dismissed. Have a great weekend.